Okay. Uncle Sam, I want to know what you're doing with Okay, where was I when I said that? Hey, dee, 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 dee. I kind of was a leafy. I tried to just urge you not to throw up in your mouth. Okay. Show some R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Jeez, oh man. Chaos. Ugliness. And hilarity. How dare you. Armstrong and Getty. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. No, I want a casino and a million bucks. <laughs> I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C, Senor. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Intromission Complex. This is the Armstrong and Getty Show, live in living color for this 18th? What's the date? It is the 18th. Thursday, the 18th of October, the year of our Lord, 2018. This morning, under the tutelage of Honorary General Manager, Mohammed bin Salman. MBS. I'm saying that to keep him from chopping me up. Jack is uh, the victim this morning of uh, some sort of bug that he believes migrated to his home from the elementary school, Uh where young Samuel uh, is educated. One of the hazards of having little kids, certainly. As they all trade diseases and give each other great immune systems. It's what keeps us alive through adulthood. It's necessary. So next time your kid comes home with snot running out of his nose or... Or, or, or heaven, or what have you, be happy. That's a good thing. By that fifth cold of the year, he gets a little tiresome. <laughs> anyway, uh, <clears throat> he may be coming in if things yeah. settle down. I don't know, but uh, let's introduce everyone on the squad. Uh, there's Michelangelo. He's our board operator, pushing the buttons and the levers and the treadles and the rest of it. What's up, Michael? Hey, I'm doing good. Um, 84-year-old Carol Spinney. He played Big Bird on Sesame Street and Oscar the Grouch. He's retiring in... Uh, it was just funny. I heard at the top of the hour news, uh, you know, they were doing a document, uh, kind of a biography on him. And it's, I just remember Sesame Street as my childhood, you know. Yeah, I wish Jack was here to unleash his rant about how it's become unwatchable. Yeah, that's when it was a real children's program, taught you ABCs, and you actually learned from it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Your your rudimentary intellectual skills. Now it is a social justice show and a teaching you Spanish show. Um, and, uh, and the kids, uh, he, according to Jack, his kids just say this is boring and want to move on. It's not that Jack is offended by the politics of it. Well, he is. Right. Um, but it's just, it's bad now. Well, what are you going to do? Uh, there's positive Sean. A smile lights up the room. What's up, Sean? How are you? Doing very well, but not as well as Netflix. Now, Netflix... Uh, God, in, why didn't I buy some stock? In their quarterly report, they are on pace to add 27.4 million, million subscribers. They are adding that many, which is nearly as many as HBO added in 40 years of existence. That's how many they're just adding this year. Wow. 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 Well, that says it all. I can't wait to get home and watch another episode of Ozark. Oh. Finally, on to the second season. Yes! Yes! 
Oh, boy, I kill people on that show. Don't get attached to somebody yeah, on that show. Yeah, don't fall in love. <laughs> Yikes. Marshall Phillips, our esteemed newsman. Hello, Marsh. Well, i got to share the news with you. I came up, yes, empty again. Oh, no. On my lottery investments. But the good news is the lottery jackpot rollovers continue. Nobody won the Powerball prize. It is now worth $430 million on Saturday. Okay, so this is a different one than the one that was like three quarters of a billion, right? Mega millions. That's the one you're talking about. It's up to more than $900 million. How many, how many lotteries is enough? What's going on here? What are we doing? What, as a society, what have we become? We're going to have a, a reporter on. We're working to line him up. He wrote an article about right. how, was it the, the, the mega million? The, the, uh, the Mega Millions. Yeah. How it manipulates people by um, intentionally not having winners. I don't know if intentionally is the right word, but having bloated uh, prizes mm-hmm. because people who cannot be moved to spend a dollar for, say, a hundred million dollars <laughs> will enthusiastically go to the store when it's six hundred million dollars. Sure. And or, and Sean, was this you who observed this yesterday? Somebody did. I'm going to steal it. Somebody who cannot be moved to spend a dollar to win a hundred million dollars will get in a pool with 20 other people <laughs> yes. for seven hundred million dollars. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody explain that to me. Yeah, right. Why don't you get a job? <laughs> I'm actually thinking of getting a ticket. Oh, just, come yeah. on. you got to jump into the pool. I'm a man who craves leisure. And if I have hundreds of millions of dollars, oh, there'll be leisure. <laughs> Le- leisure as far as the eye can see. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hire somebody to lift my drink up and tip it to my lips. That's how leisurely I'm going to be. <laughs> a new straw for every sip. That, yes. Oh, yes. yes. And I'm just going to, every straw, I'm going to have him take it and jam it into the nose of a sea turtle. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. No, I'd like to announce for the record that I'm not mocking the suffering of sea turtles in any way, Please. because I happen to be very fond of sea turtles and yes. familiar with those issues. Issues. What I'm mocking is the wackadoo uh, hashtag activism of the 21st century, which I find amusing. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. And if Democrats win the House, do you believe that they may move forward with articles of impeachment? I hope they don't. I don't think there's a basis for doing that right now. I think we should wait until the report comes out. Why would you do that? It's not about facts. It's about politics. Old Uncle Joe, he's so out of touch. Marshall, what are our headlines uh, this morning? Well, just in, Trump threatening to send the military to close down the southern border. We're going to bring you up to date on that. Is that a thing in America? Can we do that? Is there some sort of posse comitatus situation? Well, we'll talk with, <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll talk figure with it the president. Yeah, Khashoggi's, uh, the Khashoggi investigation moves into the White House. And another black eye for Facebook. That and a whole lot more coming up minutes from now. All right. Fabulous. Uh, mailbag, very nice, very amusing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The reviews of our interview with John Cox, <clears throat> California gubernatorial uh, uh, candidate, are in, and yes. they're uh, less than kind. Uh, that and much, much more. Stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of, of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
It's the Armstrong and Getty Show mailbag. Oh, yeah. Mailbag. Yeah. There we go. Do I have to wait for the music to fade before you play the other one? I Same need a third arm there. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I think everybody's made the same joke in their head. There's no point in actually voicing it. <clears throat> Our freedom-loving quote of the day is from uh, a genius uh, rebel musician, Frank Zappa, who says, Politics is the entertainment division of the military-industrial complex. <laughs> I love Frank Zappa. I didn't always agree with him, but he was a thinker. He was a provocateur in the best sense. Named his kid Moon Unit. The other one, Dweezel. I'm sorry, did you say Dweezel? Dweezel. D-W-E-E-Z-I-L, I believe. Dweezel Zappa, gifty guitarist. Uh, Dear Jack and Joe, writes Tim. (coughs) Bad Tim. He, He signs his emails. I don't know what's bad about him. It hasn't become clear to me. Please remember your past jihads. We've had so many bad, Tim, Um, but this is some fine sarcasm. In regards to Mr. Khashoggi's disappearance in the Saudi embassy in Turkey, we must remember the most important thing to avoid, a Muslim backlash. Let's not jump to conclusions or blame Muslims for what may or may not have happened. It's Islamophobic to think otherwise. No Muslim backlash. That's bad, Tim, in Phoenix. Oh, that's kind of long. I meant to have that over there. Uh, it's Vinny. <clears throat> Vinny's a rancher. I've, I think I want to be a rancher, but I have not ranched. So I guess I'm guessing at what uh, whether I'd like being a rancher. I think you'd like living on a ranch. Yes. I don't know if the actual ranching. Uh, see, I like I like physical work. I enjoy it. It clears my mind. I don't know if I would like it all the time. <clears throat> Perhaps I should go to a dude ranch and dude it up sometime. <laughs> Where was I? Hey, dude, ah, yes. you ranch? I do. <laughs> nice, dude. <clears throat> I like animals. Wide open spaces. Fences. I like fences. You ranch, dude? <laughs> Let's see. So Vinny writes, don't get me wrong. I'd vote for anybody besides Gavin Newsom. Ah, Vinny is a Californian. Clearly, ah, he's a rancher. Beautiful Sonoma County. Uh, but during your interview with John Cox, every time you asked him what he'd do about something, his reply was, what we need is blah, 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 and Gavin's watch, yada, yada, yada. He uh, spent the interview telling us what we already know. We wouldn't. He didn't say what he would do and how he would do it. He might be a great guy with great ideas, but he sure sounded like a typical politician. That's what we don't want or like. I thought we proved that in 2016. Sorry to say it, but Gavin's going to take a three-week nap, nap and wake up as our new governor. Um. I, I hmm. policy wise on paper, I think Mr. Cox is outstanding. Uh, as a campaigner, I'd give him a substantially lower grade. I'll just say that because I'm a nice person. <clears throat> Since when? Shouts the audience. <laughs> on the staff the, uh, shouted it as well. Yeah, that's a yeah. Duly noted. Duly Glad noted. you said that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Ah, on the subject of the disappearance of. Uh, Mr. Khashoggi, the uh, Saudi Arabian journalist, former regime insider. I understand Lindsey Graham's reaction. He's a military guy, believing in freedom and liberty for all. Uh, a great note here from Nancy talks about her dad, who formed a small company with a, a, 
a Saudi Arabian prince uh, decades ago, and anybody with any heft over there is a prince because it's a giant family. It's like a mob family that runs the country. Um, and she says some really interesting things about his experiences there. He was arrested for photographing a military building, which he took a snap of only because he thought the lion statues in front were beautiful. His film was confiscated, and after a lengthy processing time, he was given a warning and let go. But she says the Arabs are fully aware of our aversion to their violence. My dad's partner told him that non-Saudis who are near the area where public hand choppings are taking place are elbowed to the front as the Saudis enjoy watching the horror on people's faces. I could go on and on, but the bottom line is, I'm going to rephrase this for you, Nancy, because the way you've written it is a little objectionable, but <laughs> and I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, the bottom line is the people in control of that regime are wretched psychos. I think some of them certainly are. Uh, oh, this is a good one. I, is Hmm. Is it a guy thing to be fascinated by time travel? Do women talk about that? Do they sit around and trade ideas? Do they jaw about it? I'm not sure I've ever engaged a woman in this conversation. I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I don't even know why I brought that up. but I don't think I have either. And I, I even know, quote unquote, like the sci-fi nerdy sort of ch- And even yeah. the stuff that they talk about in those movies, isn't they don't gravitate towards the time travel stuff. Yeah. How interesting. Yeah, I wonder. What the heck does that mean? You know, I struggled to get out of my, my uh, SUV this morning because the person out there, the newer person who doesn't know how to park, parked way too close and I could barely get out of my truck. Um, and that's a spatial relationship thing. Um, men tend to have an easier time with that than women. Uh, women tend to do much better on verbal scores, that sort of thing. Then there's the science thing that'll get you fired from a university if you dare speak the truth. So there are neurological differences on average between men and women. And I just wonder if for some reason women are not into the time travel discussion. Uh, feel free to email us. Uh, if I wasn't an idiot, I'd have already told you. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com is how you email us. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. But uh, this is a real fun suck from Dan, who's obviously a smart guy. Guys, can I jump into the time travel conversation for just a second? Let's go out on a limb and assume time travel is possible. Here's the problem. You'd be advocating for a fixed Earth, a theory that cannot be proven or disproven unless you can step outside the universe and peer in. Let's say you go back in time only one second. The Earth, and and (laughs) what fun that would be. Again, be more creative with your time machines, people. If it is hurtling through the universe as it whizzes around the sun, it's a long way from where you started a second ago. So, well, he doesn't mention this, but if you had a time machine that did not allow for the movement of the Earth, you would your one-second time machine, you'd rematerialize in the middle of space, instantly depressurize and explode. Or would I just be like in Canada all of a sudden? Or whatever, <laughs> you know, as the Earth, it's... Kind of off axis, so it wouldn't be a direct line across. But you I'm know. trying to remember what's the speed of our orbit. Boy, this is <laughs> you're either really into this stuff or you're already long gone. <clears throat> so imagine not only transporting a human through time, but landing on the Earth when it was blank number of years ago. Time travel is also an extreme form of space travel. About thirty kilometers a second. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> what am I, Canadian over here? Give me miles. Uh, miles per hour is how you measure speed. 67,000 miles per hour? Yeah. Fascinating. There, there you go, Mr. Spock. 
so yeah, okay, I'm not doing the math. But, well, 160th, obviously, would be uh, a hell of a long way. So, yes, you might rematerialize in Japan or something uh, like that. 19 miles per second. Okay, okay. So, one second, oh, that's not that far. But anyway, if you did a day, certainly, you'd be doomed. So, we've established that, so don't do it. Do a, close, a professional driver on a closed course, do not attempt. <laughs> Here's uh, Jody, who is looking for the Fox News app on Xbox One. If you're not hip to this, uh, your Xbox is a way to access, like, Netflix, right? And other pay-watching services. Yeah, similar thing with PlayStation or various consoles are kind of uh, very internet-savvy and ready to, to play those apps. Right, it's it's a smart TV adapter, yes. really. Yeah. yeah, and can get anything you can get on your smart TV. If you're not hip to that, it's more than a game system. Uh, but they don't support the Fox News app, hmm. but they do have, right there on the lower right, Socialist core values that you can click on on the Xbox. Nice job, Xbox. Nice job, you communists. Oh, speaking of it, do we have time for this? Mm, barely. Uh, here's a note from uh, Al Anonymous, who is uh, studying to become a teacher and says one of the required classes is a gender and race in education class. I dislike the class immensely. But I feel like I've gained some valuable insights into the root cause of a lot of the madness seen today. To start with, the entire mindset of this class and many of my classmates revolves around something I've talked about a lot, the oppressor-oppressed dynamic or the victim-oppressor dynamic. That means any and all failings of any quote-unquote oppressed group must be from their oppressors. Additionally, they began to examine societal structures, and since many of them were made by white males, those societal structures are automatically deemed to be white supremacist. I would interject whether there's any evidence of that at all. The mere presence of white people in their creation proves they're white supremacist to this group of people who has no capacity for rational thought. Finally, there is a premium based upon lived experience and your truth in contrast to other forms of knowledge. I've had classmates bemoan the fact that they are asked to prove their points in various situations as they are speaking their truth and should simply be believed. Uh, Beyond that, there are multiple instances of contempt for those who think differently than they do, ranging from cries of disgust when a clip of Lindsey Graham was played to an implication that any woman who votes Republican is stupidly voting against her own interest to a constant decrying of masculinity, not even toxic masculinity, which I believe to be a bullspit phrase anyway. And finally, a continual vilifying of concepts of whiteliness and how white people expect for there to be courtesy in interactions. (coughs) Interesting. Don't never, ever trust whitey. Yeah, the whole denial that logic and reason have value and all that matters is your truth is... Romantic, utopian, emotional nonsense. For people of every color. And there are certainly the majority of people answering every description in ethnicity and race and gender agree with me. That's the scary part. It's the tiny vocal minority that gets all the attention. Marsha Phillips has news for us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, Hope you can hang around. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty Show, thank you very much for being here. You know, I didn't quite get to the end of the note from Luke. Um, 
about uh, Saudi Arabia. Maybe we'll get to that a little later on. Uh, very, very troubling stuff. Marshall Phillips has their news, Marshall. Well, President Trump's been busy this morning. He's now threatening to send the military to close the southern border. In a series of tweets, the president said, quote, I am watching the Democrat Party led because they want open borders and existing weak laws assault on our country by Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, whose leaders are doing little to stop this large flow of people, including many criminals, from entering Mexico to the U.S. In addition to stopping all payments to those countries, which seem to have almost no control over their population, I must, in the strongest of terms, ask Mexico to stop this onslaught, and if unable to do so, I will call up the U.S. military and, all in caps, close our southern border. The Posse Comitatus Act is a United States federal law to limit the powers of the federal government in using federal military personnel to enforce domestic policies within the United States. Um... I am, Lord knows, not an expert on this. Yeah. Um, now, the United States Coast Guard is not covered by Posse Comitatus Act. Um, Army National Guard, Air National Guard are under state authority. I'm just curious. I, I know the idea of using federal troops at the border is really controversial. Right. I just don't know where it is legally. I suppose... You know, you got the Coast Guard guarding the coast, so why couldn't you have the land guard guarding the land? Well, I suppose there's probably statute that deals with that. Hmm, interesting. All right, the investigation into what happened to the Saudi columnist Jamal Khashoggi. Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I have one more point on the yes. the, the 3,000 or so <clears throat> marching uh, refugee Correct. migrant activist types. Doesn't it feel bullying in a way that, like, you know, people coming by twos and threes and a dozen right. and paying a coyote or sneaking into this port or whatever. You know, I, we have to control the borders and we have to have a coherent immigration policy and both parties are are uh, complicit in not having that be. But there's something about 3,000 people marching at us and saying, you, you're going to let us in now. That really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I do not like that at all. You know, I don't. I'm not going to advocate doing anything extreme or, or right. deranged about it. But uh, yeah, that's ugly. F you. Uh, hey, it's our country. We decide who comes in. You don't. The investigation into what happened to Saudi columnist Jamal Khashoggi intensifies with President Trump saying he has asked for any recordings the Turks have providing proof the Saudis murdered him. We've asked for it if it exists. No, uh, I'm not sure yet that it exists. Probably does, possibly does. Uh, I'll have a full report on that from Mike when he comes back. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, the the Turks' evidence, their yes. recordings of this and videos of that, that they keep saying they have, is starting to have the feel of, you know, Harry Reid. Uh, I'm told Mitt Romney didn't pay his taxes. And, and Michael Avenatti, I have proof that Judge Kavanaugh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, show us. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo is getting set to brief the president today on what he learned during the meetings with the Saudi and Turkish le- leaders. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now in other news, we have got Facebook allegedly deceiving advertisers about how many people were watching ads in order to attract more spending. A new complaint filed in federal court in California accusing Facebook of inflating viewership numbers by as much as 900%. Wow. Filing also claims the company knew the numbers were wrong. As far back as 2015, Facebook denies the claim, 
says it revealed the problem with inflated numbers as soon as it was discovered. All right. We uh, received some correspondence uh, on that topic from people in the know. We'll see if we can get to that a little bit later on. And the Connors ratings much lower than the premiere of the Roseanne revival following the fictionalized death of its main star. The Tuesday night debut got about 10.5 million viewers, down 55% from the first episode of the revival last year. Which was a super blockbuster. Um, yeah, I'll bet there are a handful of reasons for that. Roseanne is a pivotal part of the show, obviously. Yeah. It's just the season premiere as opposed to the reappearance of a 90s icon. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know. And it could be a lot of people who resent the fact that she was shoved out, didn't tune in. The show still managed to lead the night in the ratings. and The ratings were higher than the last show that had Roseanne in it before uh, she was booted. Roseanne was perhaps, so predictably, not happy about the fate of her character. They killed her off because of an overdose of opioids. Right. Barr taking to Twitter, writing, I ain't dead, bitches. Hmm. All in caps. My uh, my question is uh, about Roseanne. Did, did she realize that Valerie Jarrett isn't entirely white? I thought the bitch was white! Okay. Oh, oh, all right. All right. Dodgers top the uh, Brewers 5-2 to at home in L.A. They take a 3-2 to lead in the National League uh, Championship Series. Game oh, 6 on Friday in Brewers Milwaukee. Are, their backs are against the wall. My uh, favorite baseball expert friend who's yes. like crazy super into it uh, says neither the Dodgers nor the Brewers can possibly hang with the, either the... Uh, the Red Sox or, or the Astros. Well, both of they those... They will be swatted aside like flies. Both those teams are going to put your friends' comments in their locker room and use it. Nobody <laughs> believes in us but the people in this locker room. And now they got the fuel to, to do the upset. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's like a perpetual motion machine. <laughs> Boston Red Sox beat the Houston Astros 8-6 to in Houston. They take a 3-1 to lead in the American League Series. Boston's Andrew Benendenti making a diving catch in the left field with the bases loaded for the final out. Swing and a line drive left field. Benintendi coming on. Dives. And did he make the catch? He did. He got it. The Red Sox win. <laughs> Red Sox As I just went head over heels in my chair. Joe just fell down. <laughs> oh, wow. What a catch. That was funny. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Got an app you might want for your phone in the next segment. Plus a look at the increasing popularity of rent control measures. And 2018's most and least politically engaged states. All that stuff in addition to Twitter releasing a motherload of data on various evildoers, influences, or efforts to influence our society. Really interesting stuff. That's in moments on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome. Jack, I'm afraid, is uh, under the weather. Is that the old-timey expression? He's beneath the weather. He's behind the weather. His (laughs) quote this morning, 
uh, via text. School kids are plague taxis. <laughs> so they've got a, a bug going around. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, coming up, we'll talk about uh, rent control and how that's becoming more popular and how it doesn't work at all. It's just another silly, dumb scheme with unintended consequences. Also, the most and least politically engaged states. Um, the, the the situation in Corruptifornia is not at all surprising to me, yet it is still shocking. Uh, California ranks 50th. The percentage of registered voters who voted in 2016, I think that's what that number means, 43rd in the percentage of electorate who voted in 2014 midterms, 42nd who voted uh, in the uh, 2016 presidential election. Oh, it's 50% of eligible voters, I guess, who are registered, um, that first number. Um, But number one in voter accessibility policies. What that means and what it is yielded coming up. Are we good to go? Sorry, a bit of confusion. I believe we have Mark Remillard of ABC News on the line. Is that Mark? It is fabulous. Uh, Mark joins us now to discuss uh, Twitter unleashing a whole bunch of information about uh, fake accounts and propaganda and that sort of thing. Hello, Mark. How are you? Very good. Uh, yeah, this uh, one analyst described this as the motherload of information being uh, released out of Twitter. Uh, uh, Ten million different tweets from about 4,000 accounts that the company says are linked to Russian and Iranian foreign influence campaigns. Uh, and it shows that the Russian influence campaign was far more sophisticated than the Iranian campaign. And so when speaking about the Russian campaign, I think one of the most interesting things about this, the analysis of this shows that this the attempts to uh, meddle in the 2016 election or provide any influence uh, foreign uh, overseas for Russia, uh, it started years before that. And it first started by trying to influence Russian citizens themselves. They were targeting their own citizens uh, to spread propaganda and information and then later turned that outward. Uh, and, and this has begun the, the whole discussion and investigations into how severe Russian attempts were to influence the 2016 election. That may have been one of many goals uh, that these so-called troll farms had. And so I think that's one of the sure. key things uh, as a takeaway from this. Right. And and that's absolutely a great point to make. And this I'm not addressing the whole Trump thing or the collusion thing. That's a discussion for another moment. But uh, the Soviets tried this sort of stuff constantly, all the time. They just lacked the incredibly uh, effective tool of the Internet and social media. I mean, you can do everything so much more quickly and uh, more widespread these days than printing out pamphlets or trying to get a communist onto the uh, staff of Time magazine, for instance. Yeah, this is uh, Russians uh, attempts to whether it be, a, be a, when it was the USSR or post that uh, the attempts for uh, it to spread propaganda and and uh, influ- uh, to expand its sphere of influence uh, has been going on for decades, uh, and so that's nothing new. But what is new is certainly the the way that they've been utilizing social media to do it, and uh, and part of what I think was interesting from this as well was not only did it show that it was turning that wet, that tool onto its own citizens first and then weaponizing it externally uh, was also that they clearly uh, looked did not have necessarily one goal in mind. Their goal was not specifically or only to influence the 2016 election. It was to sow discord. And and these tweets show that they uh, from the same 
troll farm called the Internet Research Agency. They were going into issues, hot-button issues like uh, gun control and tweeting out pro-gun things, tweeting out anti-gun things, right. uh, and, and it, all in an effort to simply create discord and division and to make people question institutions. And so that's part of, uh, I think, what's what's fascinating about this is it's not this one specific targeted idea. It was simply to uh, create, uh, you know, a discord within the society. Right, and, so, and using supercharged language and, yeah. and emotional images and that sort of thing, really trying exactly. to whip people up. Hey, the, uh, the Iranian uh, effort, which you described as less sophisticated, sophisticated. Did it have similar goals? What were they after? Yeah, so this involved about a million tweets from 770 accounts, uh, so it was a much smaller scale. Uh, and really, it did not target this kind of uh, discord effort. What they did more was to attempt to get Twitter users to head to websites that were pro-Iranian, anti-Israel, anti-U.S. Uh, uh, content. And so it was really to drive traffic uh, to pro-Iranian efforts. Uh, and so that's where it was much less uh, sophisticated. And one of the researchers uh, who analyzed this data said that it used far fewer personalities. And so you didn't see quite as these, these specific accounts that people globbed onto and followed because they liked the content that was being pushed out. Uh, they may have been fake news or organizations that were trying to drive traffic. And so it wasn't nearly as sophisticated, but it was there. And it was an effort to, uh, you know, spread its own uh, influence uh, for pro-Iranian reasons. Mark Remillard of ABC News is with us. You know, Mark, we've talked a fair amount about the the, the really difficult position the big social media companies are in because they don't want to be a conduit for that which is truly reprehensible. At the same time, you know, you ask a bunch of 23-year-olds in Silicon Valley what's truly reprehensible, and they'll start with, well, Republicans for one. And so it's it's a very difficult thing. I find myself wondering with the Iranian stuff, is that, well, the fake news is fake news, but is that merely PR? If they're trying to direct people to up with or on websites and why, why has Twitter banned them or, or are they banning them? Well, that's a good question. I think it's I think it's uh, potentially just trying to out the fact that these accounts are out there, and many of those were fake accounts. They were fake news organizations. They weren't real, uh, actual publications that were reporting information. They were taking, uh, you know, fake news stories and driving to uh, pro-Iranian things. That's different than having, uh, you know, a, like you said, a, peer, a PR campaign that's pro-Iranian, and and that's part of the fine line that these social media companies walk because they don't want to hinder speech in many ways and they don't want to be accused of even hindering speech uh, on their platform but at the same time they also understand uh, the severe influence that their platforms have and the concern about the spread of misinformation and uh, Twitter specifically Jack Dorsey uh, has been uh, you know a very visible face on Capitol Hill in this uh, effort uh, to learn more about this how this is occurring and what can be done uh, and so Clearly, Twitter is interested in this, and, and Twitter has uh, said that the reason that they released this information was in an effort for transparency, and so that other groups, other researchers can take this information and analyze it and come up with different conclusions.
conclusions separate from what Twitter might simply come up with, uh, you know, as to how this was being done and how influential it was. And that's why you're seeing this kind of third party look at it. Uh, but what is interesting with this analysis is to say that this is backwards looking analysis. It's retroactive that there's the many of the researchers who looked over this stuff is saying this is from two years ago. The Internet research agencies, uh, the Iranian influence campaigns, things like that. Those are not uh, probably using the same techniques today that they did two years ago. And so that's another thing where they're certainly signaling the need for vigilance in this, uh, you know, to protect uh, or to stop these misinformation campaigns uh, is going to take a, you know, a better mousetrap. Great point. Mark Remillard of ABC News. Mark, thanks a million. Good to talk to you. Thank you. You got it. Um. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. And and what what percentage of the population understands this? That the Russian effort is to get us to hate each other. They were working both sides of the election. They may have in the final days decided, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if uh, Trump were in because Hillary's too tough on us? Not knowing that that Trump would you know issue sanctions that sort of thing. But it's not about Trump. Um, I mean, it, it was incidentally, but it's about making us hate each other. And just remind yourself over and over again. The supercharged stuff you see on the internet, it could be from those troll farms. It absolutely could be. It could be from a real person who was duped into believing some troll farm output. Or, you know, kind of the third level of it, it could be a person who's legit, a U.S. citizen, has sincerely held beliefs, but they're so whipped up by the troll farm stuff that they're in a mood they wouldn't be in. Because old... uh, Old Putin has got us hating on each other. Everybody needs to calm down. Everybody keep cool. National debt clock moving forward. Rent control. Bunch of stuff next. Armstrong and Getty Show.